There's an emotional bias we all have. Every single one has, have, has this bias, and it's called the endowment effect. Now, the endowment effect is simply this. What I have to give up is worth more to me than if I were to acquire it. We've done it. Hell, we've experienced it. Someone gets free tickets to the game, and all of a sudden they want to sell it to you for a premium. It's frustrating because you're like, dude, I know, I know you got them for free. It's the endowment effect. In the car business, we see it all the time. Customer comes in and has this crazy-ass high number they want for their trade. They want 33000 for it, and it's worth twenty five. Or we've seen it the other way, where a customer says, yeah, I need to get 18000 for my trade. And you say, okay, yeah, we should be able to get you 18000 for it. And all of a sudden, they turn back around and say, well, how about twenty? <laughs> the endowment effect kicks in. And realtors, you got to deal with this shit, too. I mean, when I listed my, my home, my realtor warned me. She said, look, you're probably going to get some lowball offers and some shitty remarks about your house. Just don't get all worked up. Now, she didn't call it the endowment effect, but that's exactly what it was. Of course, I'd be insulted if somebody doesn't like the floor plan or gives me this lowball offer. It's the endowment effect. In the endowment effect, hell, it even happens on TV shows. You ever watch Shark Tank? Shark Tank is where these inventors, they, they actually pitch their product to these wealthy investors. And the inventors, their valuation, what they feel like their product or business is worth, is way more than, than, than what the investors calculated. It's the endowment effect. And as a salesperson dealing with this strong force, man, it can be, it can be frustrating to say the least. And if you're like me, you've, you've probably punted a few customers a time or 10 because, because they're just batshit crazy and you don't have your doctorate in specializing in batshit crazy. So you just, what do you do? You give them the boot. You, you punt them off the lot and you say, oh, not today, not dealing with this today. So the endowment effect is extremely strong. So what I want to do is I want to give you some tips on how to deal with it. But I'm also going to show you how you can actually use the endowment effect to work in your favor as well. So the first thing is, is don't resist the endowment effect. Yeah, don't resist it. Partner with it. This is a psychological position that you initially take with your customer. It's establishing yourself that, hey, dude, I'm on the same team as you. You're establishing yourself early that, look, we're going to get you full market value. Just relax. And occasionally what they're going to do is they're going to try to press you for a number. That's just their fears. Hey, can you get me, can you get me 33000 for it? And I'm telling you this, do not give in. If you know what it's worth or you think you know what it's worth, don't even say, don't even say it, throw a number out there. The other thing is also don't give in by saying, well, I know I can't get you 33,000 for it. That's just crazy. I got one over there on, on the lot that's 10,000 less miles. I know I can't get you that. We're asking a thousand less than what you want for it. Okay. Do not resist that because what you do is when you tell them what you can't do, you just took a shit on your whole deal and emotionally the customer is closed up. So what you want to do is you got to look, you got other things you got to do. So what you got to do is you got to get, you got to get everything evaluated. So you just let them know, say, look, let's get this thing evaluated. I'm telling you, you're going to be pleased with what we have to offer. see what you're doing is you're setting up the emotional framework. You're putting that framework in where you, where the customer actually relaxes a little bit because look, you got, you got more to do. Okay. And you don't let it knock you off your process. For one, you got to determine why they're even here. What do they need their next product to do? And how does your product fit their need? And then some. So you don't let the, you don't let that knock you off track. The second thing you got to do is, is evaluate. And I can't stress this enough because what happens is too often 
Too often what we do is we take a customer's number, we take it to the manager and say, boss, look, this is what they want for it. And the, the manager is insulted. He throws a bite my ass number out there. And then you go out there, you present the offer. And now you got two psychos on your hand. The manager's pissed off and prideful and the customer's pissed off. Now it's like chasing two rabbits. And when you chase two rabbits, you get none of them. So it's best you don't even throw that offer out there right now. Okay. It's best. The first thing you got to do is get the evaluation going. Okay. So the evaluation is, it's, 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 it's walking through the home. It's looking for the defects, any adjustments that need to be made. If it's a vehicle, it's looking at the dents, the bald tires, the power seats, the check engine light, the AC. Does all this shit work? Okay. Slow down, slow down in your evaluation. Speed is everything in this thing. And, and I know a lot of times uh, you, you, you think that you can just eyeball it in 30 seconds and, okay, we're done. No, it's actually a little bit of a show. You've got to exaggerate what you're doing a little bit because what the customer is going to be doing is they're observing you evaluating. So if you slow the process down and really are thorough in everything, what it's going to do is it's going to help your case. Number one is it's going to help decompress the value for the, uh, what they think the value is for them. The customer sees you evaluating, and without you saying a word, you're touching the defects, you're touching, shaking some adjustments and stuff like that. Without saying a word, it actually devalues it. It decompresses it a little bit in their mind. Now, they're not going to tell you anything. A lot of times, if they do say anything, they're going to start explaining that, oh, it's just a simple fix, or this, this was like this when I bought it. They'll start explaining. That's when you know they're, they're noticing. But also, you can turn to them in the evaluation and say, hey, do you have a home warranty? Do you have a termite inspection? Do you have the last 12 or 24 months of service on your vehicle? I mean, nobody, hell, it, for, from a vehicle standpoint, nobody's got 12 or 24 months of service in their, in their, uh, in their vehicle. But, and what that'll do is, because they don't, it actually knocks them back on their heels a little bit. It decompresses them a little bit. It softens them up a little bit. Now, also, if you got a seller that has a big-ass binder, it's actually going to help the evaluation because you know you have a thorough seller. So the endowment effect, it, it, it decompresses the customer's thoughts, but also what it's going to do, too, is it gets, you, it gets them on the same page as you. See, that way you can now use this supporting data. You can use this, and what you're doing is the evaluation is setting everything else up. So when you get ready to present... You have supporting data, and you're not getting swayed from from uh, from the effect. All right. So the third thing is, don't anchor. Don't anchor on the customer's figure. The endowment effect is strong, is a strong bias. But let me tell you something: the anchor is huge psychologically, and we get we get anchored. So the anchor is this: it's whatever gets thrown out there, the other party anchors on that. So, for instance, customer says they, they want 33 and it's worth 27. And what you end up doing is if you fall for that anchor, you're fighting at the 33 when you should be supporting the 27. See, what you got to do is you got to reestablish the anchor. The anchor now for you is 27. And then what you got to do is, is then you've got to offer some support to that. See, this is real strong right here. This is where you got to stay in the game and you got to transition. Now, I'm not talking about Bruce Jenner transition. I'm talking about transition emotionally with the customer. Because initially what's going to happen is when you offer a lower amount, a significantly lower amount, then what's it, what it's going to do is it's like you just roundhouse the customer. So I, you, look, look, you got to stay with them. 
You got to stay emotionally there and don't get sucked in. Of course, they're going to be knocked off a little bit. Okay, this is where your evaluation, this is why I was saying I can't stress this enough. This is why the evaluation is so important. This is where it comes into play. So now what you're doing is you're showing supporting data that supports your offer. See, you have data. The only data your customers have are what? Emotions. And emotions don't cash shit. Okay? So you're saying things like taking it into consideration with the market day supply. And Mr. Customer, what market day supply is, how much inventory just like yours is out there. How long is it going to sit on the market? And what we want to do, we get, we want to get you the most we can and move it the quickest we can to. Taking into consideration the reconditioning and necessary repairs. The transaction uh, prices of, of the vehicle or the home similar to this, and this is what we've come up with. See, you got to use this data in the right way, though. Don't use this data as if it's the Big 12 domino and you slap it down on the table talking about give me 20. No. What you got to do is you got to use this data to actually, to, to not, here's the thing. Don't use the data to, to prove your customer wrong. Use it to show them that they're just a little less right. See what you do? You got to keep their pride, their ego intact and just say, I think we're just a little ways away. Just a little off, but let me show you. Let me show you the data that we've come up with. See, what you're doing is, is initially, remember this, with the questions and evaluation, you let a little air out of, the, out of their tank. Now what you're doing is you're letting a lot more air out of it, but what you've got to do is you've got to, you've got to professionally handle this, and it's by not falling with that anchor, being confident in what you're, uh, what you're presenting and actually having the supporting data with that. Remember, you've got to partner with them, you've got to show the data, and now you've got to push your deal along. And this is my last point. Keep your deal fluid, man. Keep it moving along. The worst thing you can do is just sit there. The worst thing you can do is just stand there in the box. So what you're doing is you say, ah, it's worth 10000 And y'all both just standing there. Well, if that's the only thing that you talk about or the only thing you say after that, and you're just standing there like, hmm, here, then what you're doing is, you're, of course, you're setting up for a negative response. So what you got to do is you got to present and push, present and push. Present and push forward. Meaning what you got to do is you got to present and move the rest of your offer. Show the rest of your offer. Present everything that you have to offer. Now, yes, your customer, is your customer going to stop you? Are they going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. How much? How much did you say? Oh, no, I can't. And then that's where you got to just stop and be cool. Well, don't tell the customer to be cool. You got to be cool. And you got to say, look, Let's do this. Let's look at everything, and then what we'll do is we'll come back and we can address any concerns that you have. That way, what you, do, what you get to do is you get to show everything. You show your entire offer, and then you show the big picture, and then you can kind of dissect it from there. Because a lot of times what it is is a lot of times it's just a bottom line or if it's a payment or something like that, and what you're doing is you're just bridging the whole process along. All right? Now, look, the endowment effect also, you can use it in your favor. It's not something that you got to be scared of because you can actually create the endowment effect. How do you ask? I'll tell you. You do a better job of creating the endowment effect by creating ownership for the customer. Creating that ownership by asking them really good ownership questions. Creating the environment where the customer actually starts to see them owning your product. Dude, look, if you're selling a gym membership or, or try, trying to get parents to send their, their kids to your daycare, create the endowment effect. Create the ownership. 
by saying, bro, look, we're open 24 hours, seven days a week. There is not a day this year that you can't come in here and work out. Any time of day, any day of the week you want to come in. Holidays, no problem. Late at night, 3 o'clock in the morning, no problem. I'm telling you this. We're open 24-7. If you follow our workout program, I'm going to get you fit in, in, in less than a month. Okay? That's an endowment effect. See, now he can see, he can see his, uh, his pecs and his, and his biceps bulging all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is, or, or, or turning to, turn to uh, the kids' parents and say, look, with the state-of-the-art security and the national academic accreditation that our school has, I'm telling you, Jackson's going to get the best education. You can do endowment effect with anything. You can create it with anything. Homes, vehicles, investments, properties, you create the endowment effect. So I do it with customers all the time. Customers have already agreed to buy that new vehicle. The endowment effect is in full effect. They now own the vehicle psychologically. So it makes it so much easier for me to upsell a warranty to protect now what they've, what they've already mentally purchased. You ever go to Amazon? As soon as you throw something in the cart in Amazon, what do they do? They upsell you. Now that you have ownership where it's in the cart, you're about to check out with that speedy checkout, then what they do is they try to upsell you. Hey, other customers like you have bought this too. You may want to protect your your product that you just bought with this too. It's the upsell. They've created the endowment effect or they're, they're capitalizing on the endowment effect. Endowment effect is a super, super strong thing, but it can actually be a super, super good thing for you as well. Keep this in mind when you're working today and let me know how it goes. Hit me up at thesaleslife1 at gmail.com, thesaleslife, and the number one at gmail.com. Until next time, I'll see you back here on The Sales Life.